Football systems check. Microphone. Check. Record enabled. Kate. Check. Michelle. Check. All systems go. I repeat, all systems go. We got a problem. We got a problem. Copy. We have ball blast. I repeat, we have ball blast. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Welcome to the Ball Blast Podcast. Here to help you get ballsy and win your fantasy football leagues. Now, here are your hosts, Kay Majuk, Michelle Majuk, and Jake Trowbridge. Ayo! Ayo! into the Ball Blast Fantasy Football Podcast, everybody. I'm your host, Michelle, researcher at NFL Network. You can find me on Twitter, at Ball Blastem, Ball Blast E-M. And I'm Kate. You can follow me on Twitter, at FF Ball Blast. And we have an awesome guest today, because you may have heard with that, Ayo, it wasn't the beautiful voice of Jake. It's our good friend, Matt Okada, owner of Ball Blast, and also my coworker over at NFL Network. What's up, Okada? Uh, I'm on this podcast, I believe, for the first time ever, so that's what's up, which is Welcome pretty great. Welcome in. Yeah. I cannot believe we have here. not had you yet. That's our fault. We, we had, I think we had bets in you at one you point, did. no? You did. You did have bets. You may have oh, even had bets. John at one point. I'm not sure. But this, I believe this is my first appearance ever. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome to the kingdom, baby. We are uh, very excited to have you. We've got lots to talk about. We've got lots of breaking news. We've got week one to discuss because we we don't have two podcasts a week. We have one podcast a week. We didn't get to react. Oh. Uh, how did it feel, guys? <gasps> it was awesome. It was so much fun. And Okada, like, there's a lot of guys that impressed me this week. There's a lot of guys who disappointed me. But who impressed you the most and who disappointed you the most in week one? Ooh. Uh, impressed me the most? I'm going to go with a re-impressed because there's a lot of guys who impressed me for the first time. But Antonio Brown stood out to me because obviously we've known Antonio Brown is the GOAT for forever. But we we saw him maybe not prime form AB, but closer to it than we've seen in a while. And he was really, really good for fantasy and for the NFL I think he's going to have a really good year. I do as well. Like, we were all excited to play him this week. I know on our Thursday ladies night out show, we were talking up Antonio Brown. Mostly uh, Kate and Victoria were. I was a little hesitant, which I regret at this point. But I did have him in a bunch of lineups, so I'm very excited. But he did better than I imagined. Like, he really looked like him old his old self out there. He got more targets than I imagined he would in that offense. So I'm excited to play him moving forward. Who He was a- very efficient, too, with those targets. Yeah. Let the, the wide receivers and yards per route run. Uh, and, guys, if you were listening to this podcast last week, you probably started Antonio Brown because he was my start of the week. Woo, Let we got one go. right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Okada, who disappointed you? Uh, well, it's hard to narrow it down, so I'm just going to say the entire <laughs> Tennessee Titans. The offensive line was horrible. They did not protect anyone, Ryan Tannehill or Derrick Henry. Henry, as a result, didn't have a great game. Tannehill was not good overall, though he saved his day with a rushing touchdown. Neither of the receivers were that great. It was really rough for Tennessee. Hopefully they turn it around, but if they don't, we could have a lot of disappointments on that squad. Yeah. 
I thought this was going to be a huge game. Like for both sides of the ball, I thought it was going to be so easy for the Titans to move the ball against the Cardinals secondary. Uh, it turns out no. And, you know, A.J. Brown ended up putting up a fine performance with his touchdown. Julio Jones, just massive disappointment. So, yeah, that that wasn't great. Kate, who were you most impressed with and disappointed? I'm going to give some credit here. So I've been, uh, you know, the – David Montgomery, uh, I, like I wouldn't say I'm not the David Montgomery truther, um, but I, I've not been overly supportive. Like I, I've given some excuses for why I thought he performed better than I would have expected. He looked fantastic. Like the stats, yes. the stats back it up, but the eyeball test, he very much passed it against a uh, Rams defense that just clobbered running backs last season. He, he looked really good. He looked really decisive, tough, um, just overall tough to bring down. Super impressed with him. Um, I, I got to say, I'm uh, just going to blanket an entire team here and say the Jacksonville Jaguars. I wasn't expecting a ton from the number one. Uh, the number You're talking one about disappointment pick. here, I'm guessing. Yes. <laughs> what gave it away? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm talking about disappointment and I'm talking about the Jaguars because good God, like, I, I think everybody thought that Trevor Lawrence, um, despite the downfalls of that team and the holes in the roster, that he was going to elevate them to a different place. But Urban Meyer, um, I don't know what he's doing with Carlos Hyde out there, <laughs> not getting touches to James Robinson. Uh. Um, you know, Trevor Lawrence, uh, he, he had a fine day yardage wise, but three touchdowns, uh, what is it, three interceptions? It it was just a, a disaster. Um, and I think maybe they'll maybe they'll see the number one overall pick uh, again. <laughs> Good. That'd back be crazy. to back, baby. That would be crazy. So uh, I will say one team that should not be seeing the number one overall pick, even though people are hating on them so hard this offseason, it's the Eagles. I, I've been yes. so excited to see this team, yes. and I don't know why. But they're a team I'm going to be pay, paying attention to so hard this year. Jalen Hurts was everything Ooh. I wanted him to be in week Ooh. one. He he didn't just like do well against a bad Falcons defense. Like he did everything we wanted him to do. And it was a lot of it was with his arm, right? He completed 77% of his passes. But he I was told he's not accurate. Yeah, he he looked great out there. Also got his rushing yards, which we want really bad in fantasy. But also Miles Sanders looked awesome. Devonta Smith did everything we wanted him to do in his first game. Super pumped about them. Uh, my least impressed is pretty easy here. It's Zach Moss because he couldn't even make yeah, an active oh. roster. Wow. Couldn't wow. even wow. make an active roster. <laughs> so that's a massive disappointment. Maybe stay in one night or go to the gym instead of going out to eat and drink every single that's night. A, that's a subtweet Zach. there yeah. on his Instagram Zach. timeline. Instagram uh, videos every single night. Going out to eat and drink. Which, like, to be clear. Which uh, I do as well, yeah. but I'm not a professional football player. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Different maybe focus, focus, dude. Anyways, that was a are massive Are you telling us to focus, or are you no, telling No, I'm telling Zach, Zach Moss, Moss okay. to focus. Hopefully he doesn't listen to this podcast. Obviously he doesn't. Oh my God, hopefully he does. But not that part. <laughs> Zach Moss does not listen to this podcast. Although if there is one fantasy football podcast he should listen to, I would imagine it would be us, but actually Zach Moss just started his own podcast, which is probably another part of the problem. Yeah. Oh boy. Um, before, we have an awesome show for you today. Hey, 
right? We're getting into news and notes. We're going to get into our scrumptious starts of the week for week two. And some guys that are scaring us that we are fading for this week. But before we do that, I want to shout out our awesome website, ballblastfootball.com. Go check that out. Our writers are putting out awesome articles every single day to help you get ballsy and win your fantasy football leagues. Make sure to smash that five-star review mark whatever it is over on your podcast app it really helps us out you have no idea okay it's week two uh week one was wild yeah but we gotta move on right if a guy had a bad performance you gotta move on if a guy had a great performance it doesn't mean he's going to be great in week two there's no room for victory lapping in week one yeah you want to hop into the news and notes breaking news breaking news breaking news breaking news So one of our favorites. You sigh every time we start. Every time we start news and notes, there's a big sigh because there's always a a bad, there's always a bad news or bad note. Raheem Mostert out for the season. Two carries. He made it through two carries on the season. And he looked amazing on those two carries. Gained 10 yards. We knew this would happen. Gained 10 yards on each one. But I was also confused because he jumped up on the second play and he was like excited. And then he just never re-entered the game. It's like, did you feel the injury then? Did you get hurt when you were celebrating? Like, I am confused. I would get hurt celebrating for sure um, if he I was, were an NFL running back. He definitely. was our start of the week, ball blast start of the week. Very excited for him. Elijah Mitchell, his backup, came in and went off. So I do believe Raheem Mostert would have had a fabulous game. Now he's out for the season. This is so Raheem Mostert of him. So, so himself, what are we doing moving forward? Okada, do you want Elijah Mitchell or do you want Trey Sermon, who was inactive last week? A healthy scratch. Yeah. For that reason, I want a little bit of both because I think it was just a depth thing. Like, they didn't need him. And now that they do need him, he will probably be active. And if they start giving him carries, he will be good. And that's not just a Trey Sermon thing. And I, I do like him. I like him a lot as a prospect. That's just a, a freaking Kyle Shanahan thing. And if we doubt it at all, you can see what happens when you put in Elijah Mitchell, who no one could have named who this guy was or what team he was on before this week, and he comes out and looks incredible. That is Kyle Shanahan, easily the best scheme for running backs in the entire NFL right now. So whoever it is, whoever's getting the carries, is going to be good for fantasy. As long as that's Elijah Mitchell, you got to put him in your lineup. And, to, and when it's Trey Sermon, you put him in your lineup. And there might be some times when it goes back and forth. <laughs> Hopefully it's not too often. Kate, what are you doing this week? Let's say you have both and you have an option. Who are you putting into your lineup? I don't know if I feel okay putting Trey Sermon into my lineup. Honestly, I'm avoiding both. I know one of them is going to score some fantasy points, but I just want to get like a heat check. I'm always the one. I can't jump into a pool. I need to dip my toes. I need (laughs) to dip my toes in the 49ers uh, depth chart. I'm not ready to commit. And I, I am. I'm a little bit... For being a ballsy podcaster, right? I'm. I feel like it. I am a little bit more conservative uh, when it comes to just diving in. I'm not ready. And we have to remember this game was against the Lions, right? Elijah Mitchell did great, but it was against the worst rushing defense last year. Let's see what they do against the the Eagles, who stopped Mike Davis, 
last week. I mean, that's not a hard task, but <laughs> they did do that. I, I think one of these guys are going to be good. It's just going to be hard to know who. If I had to start one, it would be Elijah Mitchell. Josh Jacobs was sidelined on Wednesday's practice. Um, you know, he's been dealing with that turf toe. You saw him, like, go in and out of that game a bunch on Monday Night Football. He wasn't involved all that much, but got his two touchdowns. He only had 10 carries. Like, I, I, I don't like this news. On top of the turf toe, though, he was questionable with an illness going into Monday Night Football. Um, they said a, a non-COVID-related illness, but... Either way, we saw him like slowly get eased out of the snaps as the game went on. We saw Kenyon Drake get more involved. I mean, they they pretty much saw the same number of snaps essentially. Uh, uh, nope, 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 nope. You saw Okada. What are your nope. what are your thoughts on Josh Jacobs this week? Honestly, the the usage in that game it concerns me more than this injury for Josh Jacobs for this year because it's it is. Proof positive, and we we kind of figured it was going to be the case, but I was trying to give jo- John Gruden one last benefit of the doubt shot to give Josh Jacobs targets because he can catch the ball. And for some reason, which I guess to be fair to Kenyon Drake, he looked great catching the ball, but for whatever reason, they refuse. Gruden refuses to throw the ball to Jacobs. So when they got in come-from-behind mode, it was Kenyon Drake. He got five targets. Jacobs got two and they're, I don't think they're a great team, despite the fact that they pulled off an amazing, unbelievable-to-watch overtime win over the Ravens. So I think they're going to be coming from behind a lot, or at least playing in these kinds of games a lot. And that scares me for Jacobs, because they're going to take him out of the game and put Drake in a lot. Yeah, I, I do. Like The Raiders' offense just did not look good. The Raiders' pass rush kind of kept them in that game. I think that the Ravens messed up more than the Raiders were good. In my opinion. Uh, Moving on to the Ravens, head coach John Harbaugh said that the team has four backs in the mix and will play all of those guys moving forward. You devil. Tyson Williams, I thought, (laughs) looked really good. Uh, He's the guy I want. He's the guy I would feel comfortable playing. But with this comment, like, how many carries will Tyson Williams get? I thought he looked good. I thought he looked good. He made some mistakes that you might... Uh, suspect him to make without NFL experience uh, but I overall looked good again it comes back to the scheme obviously this is a very friendly scheme for the running backs whoever's going to be in uh, great you're probably going to score some points but I think this is going to be very unpredictable week to week yep yeah I mean Latavius Murray is going to take goal line work and he's going to take carries. He actually ended up with more carries than Tyson in that game, which seems surprising because Tyson was getting all the work early, but then Latavius got a lot of the work in the end. So I think he's going to be taking a lot of work. Uh, Tyson, I agree with you, Michelle, looked great. But if he's getting half the carries and Lamar Jackson is really the leading rusher on this team, so that puts Tyson at, you know, 2A or 2B. That does make it harder to start him with confidence. Still, though, it's the Ravens, that scheme that Kate talked about. It's going to be good. He's going to get points. So I think he's just maybe more like an RB3 flex play than the RB2 people might feel like he is after that week. Fair. Now, one guy who could have topped our disappointment list, I'm sure on you know everyone's list, was Brandon Ayuk. Ooh. Didn't get a oh. single target or single reception in this game. Uh, apparently today, Wednesday's practice, he practiced in full. You know, he's been dealing with that hamstring injury. Kyle Shanahan, I... 
I know people love him as a coach, but it seems like he just destroys these players' confidence. Like he, like Brandon Ayuk is dealing with an injury. Cool, it's a hamstring, and he acts like it's the biggest deal in the world. Maybe that's why all of your players um, get such serious injuries. But here's the issue. So Brandon Ayuk, uh, you're managing a hamstring injury, but he was out there playing special teams. Yeah. So mm. I don't think you're. Kyle. I, I Kyle, come on, Kyle. Like. <laughs> He came out here, uh, I believe this was Wednesday, and said, if Brandon Ayuk wants to be out there for every single play, he's got to play a lot better than the guy behind him. That guy behind him being Trent Sherfield. Which, who, by the way, got like three catches for like 17 yards. Like, relax. He didn't yes, do it. He got a touchdown. Cool. Yeah. He's definitely the favorite, though, of... This is what Brent or this is what Kyle Shanahan does. If a guy gets injured, he can't handle it. He has a meltdown. And this I really truly believe this is why all of his guys have serious, serious injuries because they come back too fast, because they're scared they're going to lose their job. And then they, they play through these injuries and they get a, a hundred times worse. So I don't I don't know. I don't Kyle Shanahan as a coach just infuriates me. He really does. Legit legitimately my greatest fear in all of fantasy right now is that Brandon IU gets Dante Pettis. Yep. Because yep. there was oh. that little window when Pettis was amazing, and we were like, oh my gosh, this guy's one of the next breakout receivers of the NFL. Yep. And then he dealt with injury, got in Kyle Shanahan's doghouse, and got is just gone from oh the NFL my God. entirely. He is Dante but Pettis. I love how Kyle Shanahan... No, went. don't say that, Kate. No, Kyle He's Shanahan last Pettis. year said that Brian Ayuk was his favorite wide receiver in the draft. He drafted him in the first round, and now all of a sudden he can't beat out... Uh, a wide receiver with three catches for 17 yards. Okay. Like, Last, like, if you saw the footage, we all got to see the footage of Kyle Shanahan making that pick. Um, he had the look on his face like I would imagine I would have when my firstborn child was born. He was over the moon excited. If he can get over a wide receiver that fast, I already tweeted this, but, like, if you're getting over your first-round draft picks that you've, like, hand-plucked out of the draft – this quickly, uh, you're probably not making well, very good picks. His third round, his third round pick that he moved up for Trey Sermon was inactive. Trey Lance doesn't get the play over Jimmy G. Like, age, he just doesn't give a crap. He sounds like a grumpy guy. Yeah. Uh, moving on, Jerry Judy. Unfortunately, he was having a killer game. He looked great out there. Teddy Bridgewater mm-hmm. loved him. High ankle sprain. Like, ah, football's so annoying. He's going to be out. For quite a while, Ian Rappaport actually reported that he believes Jerry Judy will be out closer to six weeks than the four weeks. So uh, that's a big bummer. Hopefully he can come back and be a a strong fantasy asset for those fantasy playoffs or just the second half of the year. Uh, Zach Ertz, hamstring, was sidelined for Wednesday's practice. This doesn't really matter for him. I don't think you're going to plug him in. It does matter for Dallas Goddard. Uh, If he's out, bumps up Dallas Goddard, Goddard big time. So keep an eye on him. Odell Beckham's out again for week two. Um, And the fact that they already announced that on Wednesday makes me believe he probably won't be ready for week three either because there's no reason to announce that so quickly like you had until Sunday. So we'll keep an eye on him. Evan Ingram ruled out versus Washington. That's tomorrow. Uh, we'll, We'll see if he can come back for week three. And when I say tomorrow, it's probably today because you're listening to it on Thursday. Now... Quickly, before we get to our scrumptious takes, rate your concern on these guys, right? Because all of these uh, four running backs I'm about to talk about, they didn't do exactly what we thought in week one. So Okada and Kate, I'm going to run through these guys. You tell me how worried you are heading into week two. 
Austin Eckler, not a single target, but more carries than usual, and he did great on the ground and got a rushing touchdown. Weird. Are you worried about his target share this year? No. Fluke. Like, I don't know if this has anything to do with the hamstring injury or anything mm-hmm. like that. Uh, did did sit out a bit in practice last week, so just something to keep an eye on. But If he goes a second week without another target, like that would be very worrisome, but I'm not worried yet. Very excited to see my Mike Williams come to life and get so many yes. targets in week one. That was very exciting. Najee Harris, that offensive line, which everyone has been worried about, <laughs> did not open up any holes whatsoever for him. They, But he did play in 100% of the team's offensive snaps. That's he got crazy. 16 carries. Insane. Not, a, another running back did not come into the game. Um, three targets, one reception. He should have had a receiving touchdown in that game, like pretty easily. Ben just overthrew him by, like, a couple inches. Uh, 2.8 yards per carry is not promising, and it's kind of what he did in the preseason. I'm a little worried about his yards per carry. What about you, Okada? I mean, for me, if you feel more or less worried about Najee after this game than you did coming into the season, I think you're doing something wrong because this was like a perfect microcosm of what we should have expected for Najee Harris all year. It's like an amusingly exact summary of what to expect he gets literally all the work 100 percent of the snaps is insane and is incredibly inefficient because the line's not good the offense in general was pretty meh and i think the passing game will get better than it was but this is what we're going to see from Najee a lot a lot of carries a lot of work i think he'll get even more targets in games to come but he will not be efficient it'll be as offensive as this probably is to both of you a bit joe mixon-ish i oh. think for at least right now. I think he will get more line. touchdowns on the year, though. I think he'll get more uh, scoring opportunities. That Bills defense, we'll have to see what they look like next week. Maybe yeah, maybe the offensive line was just that bad. But the Bills defense looked really, really good just all together. Pat, like, their their secondary looked good. Their defensive line looked totally renewed. They you know they drafted heavily on that defensive line. They looked they look good as a defense. That's, that's what's so hard. If, if Najee Harris can't run against the Raiders, like if he can't at least average three and a half yards per carry, then <laughs> I get a little worried. But for now, it's okay. <laughs> that's fair. Saquon Barkley, just 3.7 fantasy points. I'm not worried at all. I expected him to start slow. This week might even be slow for him again. I'm still going to plug him in and see what happens. But as the season goes on, I think he'll be completely fine. Okada, what about you? Well, year for the, for the whole of the year, I'm feeling... A, pretty okay although i had saquon a little lower than most because i do not believe in this offense and i still don't so there is that concern i don't think what we saw necessarily changes that too much for this week i'm not going to spoil my exact answer because it's coming up later <gasps> in the show Ooh. okay Aaron, oh sorry kate go ahead saquon barkley don't forget I know, about me i know you're very worried about him oh i'm absurdly worried i've been talking about i'm rolling my eyes right now for those of you who can't see i have been talking about uh, my concern for Saquon Barkley. Don't be taking no victory laps. He was supposed to struggle <laughs> in week one. He wasn't going to get touches. He's going to struggle in week two. I know. I said he's going to get off to a slow start. Yeah, that's what I. That's what I. But been he's saying. still going to be well worth his first. Run I'm point. not saying. I'm just saying. Like I, I, I told y'all to temper your expectations because he didn't seem like if he was a hundred percent confident in that knee. I think. The Giants would also be confident. They want him on the field. He makes the team better. They're not just holding him back for funsies. 
they're holding him back for a reason. And I think that reason is that they're concerned for his health. Um, and that's not particularly great, especially considering the fact that he suffered this injury uh, a year ago. All right. And Aaron Jones is this last guy. Rate your concern. He played 49% of the snaps, touched the ball only seven times. The Packers got their butts kicked. Okada, what are we doing with the Packers offense? We're feeling fine. This was the worst game of Aaron Rodgers' career. He does not go from MVP to this in a single offseason of Jeopardy. I don't think, unless he's really that distracted by it. I think that they rebound fine. Aaron Rodgers gets back on the horse, and the whole offense comes with him, and that means Aaron Jones, too, so I'm not too worried. Yep, I'll be talking about it in a second. Kate, what are your thoughts on Aaron Jones? He played plenty of snaps. He's still the guy. Uh, I don't I don't have any concerns. This was a weird, I'm pretty sure, weird game. I'm pretty sure last year Aaron Jones sucked in week one. Uh, it was either last year or the year before that. Everyone flipped out. They played They played a hard defense, and then he was, he was fine, like – I think it was two years ago. So don't don't go selling your Aaron Jones uh, stock yet. All right. It is time to get into our scrumptious starts of the week. So meaty. What's not to like? Custard? Good. Jam? Good. Meat? Good. It is delicious. It's good for me. It's a perfect way to start the day. Okada, it's time to get into our scrumptious starts. We're going to start with our favorite quarterback. Now, again, to remind everybody, we're not just saying the obvious picks here. Obviously, Patrick Mahomes is starting, right? We're not going to say him. So, Okada, who is your favorite play of the week? I'm going about as unobvious as it gets. Teddy Two Gloves Bridgewater. Whoa. Yeah, buddy. Love Listen. It. This, is, this has little to nothing to do with Teddy Bridgewater and everything to do with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Kate talked about it earlier. They were awful. As confusing and bad as it was on the offensive side of the ball, they were atrocious on defense. 24 fantasy points to Tyrod Taylor. If Tyrod Taylor can get 24 <laughs> fantasy points, Teddy Bridgewater can be a QB1. Absolutely startable. Also, just as a note, two games ago, well, three games ago now, their second to last game of last year, they gave Mitchell Trubisky 23 fantasy points. This team is terrible. This defense is terrible. Teddy Bridgewater will destroy them. Also, like uh, watching Teddy Bridgewater play, I was really impressed with what he did in week one. He's solid. He looked really decisive. He looked confident. Uh, even after Jerry Judy left with the injury, he was just sort of zipping it. I like it. Yeah, he looked good. He's competent. Competent I, QB. I like that pick a lot. And I know I just said that we're not naming obvious plays here, so it might seem weird that my guy is Aaron Rodgers versus the Lions. This is probably the only time we'll be able to say the name Aaron Rodgers in this segment <laughs> because he's such a superstar. Um, but he only scored three points last week, and I want to make sure you guys are still plugging him into your lineup don't worry about it and you just brought up that Rodgers had a terrible game right and you don't think he could fall from grace that hard in one year he had this game last year week five against the Buccaneers the Packers lost 38 to 10 he had zero touchdowns he had two interceptions he scored just 3.8 fantasy points per game in that game or not per game 3.8 fantasy points in that game it didn't matter. He was still the MVP that year because the next game he just shook it off and he came back and he scored four touchdowns, 27 fantasy points. That very next week against the Texans, 
That's what's going to happen in this game. He's going to destroy the Lions. They're at home. They allowed Jimmy Garoppolo 15 points last week. That might not sound like a lot, but Trey Lance came in and stole one of those touchdowns. So really, he should have been in the 20s there. They're top corner, if you can even call him that, but their early <laughs> draft pick last year, Jeff Akuda, he's now out for the year on IR. Um, he, he's going to miss this game, obviously. But I just think Rodgers is going to be angry and at home. Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, they're just going to kill it. Plug them both in with sincere confidence. Aaron Rodgers Co-sign. pissed off is like a gem. A gem. Yeah. Yes. Kate, who is your scrumptious star of the week at quarterback? All right. I'm actually going back to one of your guys, Michelle. Uh-oh. I'm headed back. Uh-oh. I'm going to Jalen Hurts. Uh-oh. I can make him as my star of the week every week. Yes. Ah! Now, this is just me like re-giving that vote of confidence because obviously we saw a really big jump in uh, completion percentage and just overall play from last season at, in terms of his passing ability. But on paper, it sounds like a tough matchup. He's going up against the 49ers. Last week, they gave up the third most points to the quarterback position. And guess what? That was to Jared Goff. Jared Goff. <laughs> it's the perfect uh, perfect game script. And though, I mean, the Eagles defense did look much better, uh, I think, than any of us were expecting this season. So maybe uh, the game script isn't quite as tilted as we would have projected preseason. Um, Jason Barrett, torn ACL. He is out for the season. That is a huge blow to the defense. I just, I, I really picture him able to, um, you know, replicate what he did as a passer but also let's talk about those rushing yards uh Mm. that's just the the safest floor you could possibly ask for seven rushing attempts 62 yards on the ground and he didn't really start rushing until like i felt like he was just trying to stay in the pocket and pass until like halfway through the game he was like you know and i'll open up now so that ceiling's even higher for him there and when you mentioned jason verrett with the acl that didn't happen until the fourth quarter, and that's when the 49ers defense had a meltdown. And I just assumed it was because they were in prevent defense. You know, they were up by so much, but they actually weren't. Like, they were trying to stop Jared Goff. Like, they were playing their normal defense. <laughs> uh, but it, they, Jared Goff, just all of a sudden in the fourth quarter, it was right when Verrett got his injury, he was able to move the ball, move the ball, move the ball. So it'll be interesting to see. Their secondary was already so thin. Ooh, that injury is going to be scary. And uh, just for the listeners' understanding, too, the upside for Jalen Hurts, and if we see it this week, I think it just becomes the median for Jalen Hurts, is legitimately like 2019 MVP Lamar Jackson, 2020 early season Kyler Murray, that kind of QB, not not a QB1, but the QB1 Ah! kind of potential. I love having you on this podcast. Yes, I. he is good. Like, not even just for fantasy, by the way. He is a good quarterback, but for fantasy, he's even better. Trade it for him now if you can before everyone else notices him or while everyone else thinks it was just a Falcons defense. He is that guy. Yeah, he is. I already have him everywhere, so if you're in my leagues, you're not getting him because I love him. Uh, okay, running backs. Okada, who are you going with as your scrumptious start of the week at running back? So I'm taking... I. I I'm actually okay with either Cardinals running back, but I'm going to take Chase Edmonds here. The Vikings defense is not good. 
against running backs especially. They've given up the fifth most points to the position since last year. They allowed Joe Mixon to rush for 127 yards, and not just because he had 29 carries. He did have a lot of carries, but he averaged four and a half yards a carry and, and scored like a, a touchdown. High. That's so much for him. Yes, that's inefficient Mr. Mixon dominated this defense. But beyond that, beyond how bad the matchup is, I liked what I saw from Chase Edmonds and from his usage in week one. He got 16 touches, turned it into 106 scrimmage yards. Connor also saw 16 touches, which is why I'm okay, honestly, with either. He was not as efficient, and part of that is the fact that Chase Edmonds saw all the passing work. All of it. He is the passing running back. He is going to continue to get catches, targets, third down snaps. It is going to be valuable for him. This offense is incredible. Maybe the best offense in the league from what we saw in week one. Play both these guys if you want to, but I prefer Chase Edmonds, especially in PPR. Yep. I prefer Chase Edmonds as well. He scored, like, what, 14 points last week? That's, like, what he does. He's not going to score much more than that. He's going to score 14 points. I feel like that is his exact number every single week. But you'll take it if you need an RB2 in PPR. Uh, you did see the the one time they got near the goal line. James Conner was in there. Uh, they got a penalty yep. that forced them to, to move back. So Conner didn't get that one-yard carry for the goal line. But... Um, yeah, Connor's going to need a touchdown to make you happy in fantasy, to even make you slightly happy. Edmonds is definitely the guy there. I agree with you. My start of the week is DeAndre Swift. He's kind of just like right on that line there with being a superstar. I don't know if I'll be able to say him much you longer here. You couldn't have pivoted here. to Jamal Williams. No, I'm going to go with Swift because this is why. Are you flexing Jamal Williams then? Yeah, I'm okay with that. But this is why I'm going with Swift in this particular game where I really think like he has top five ability yet again in fantasy it's against the Packers and I just mentioned I think the Packers are going to come out and kill it well if that happens Jared Goff is going to have to throw a ton yet again and Swift led the Lions offense and targets last week with 11 11 targets to a running back like that is awesome it's happen all year it was the TJ Hawkinson DeAndre Swift show in the passing game with Jamal Williams I mean he got a decent amount of targets as well but I just think Swift is the better pass catcher in this offense he's going to get double digit targets again likely this week in this game script and the Packers last season allowed the third most receiving yards to the running back position I think Swift's gonna have a game um hopefully he gets into the end zone but even if he doesn't just like that target share is just so safe for him I'm loving DeAndre Swift this week Kate Caitlin, yes. who is your person? I'm going with Javante Williams, baby. Uh, I feel like all of the, and this is a, a special shout out because I feel like everybody was pretty hot on the Melvin Gordon 70 yard rushing touchdown. Uh, he, he got plenty of points for you on that one, but Williams is the guy I'm going to look at in week two. He led the team with 14 rush attempts, uh, not not you know a workhorse workload by any stretch of the imagination but um, led the team in carries saw both of the team's only rushing attempts within the red zone this week the broncos get jacksonville they i mean the texans all combined uh, all the texans running backs combined for 36 ppr points 36 and that is like the most disgusting sewage-esque <laughs> backfield you can possibly <laughs> imagine so bad. it's so bad and they i mean they they made it work they traveled and it was marking room, just like we all expected uh, just like we all <laughs> expected and all I, of them scored they, uh, you get a touchdown you get a like it, it's going to be fantabulous 
I think both of these guys could end up having really great days, but just given the usage in the red zone and, and the uh, very slight... Do you want to make a bet with me? Yes. All right. We're going to do always. A, we're going to do a chugging bet. Okay. Ooh. Melvin Ingram versus Javante Williams. This week, who scores more fantasy Melvin points? Gordon, I hope. Oh, yeah. Melvin, Melvin Ingram's not scoring yes, any yes, fantasy points. Yes. No, I was going to say, are we playing IDP? Melvin Gordon, yes, yes, yes. Oh, versus Javante <laughs> Williams. Whoever scores more, the other person Ooh. has to chug a white claw um, on our next podcast. All right, I'll take Javante Williams and hope I lose. <laughs> no, you have to drink a black cherry. Oh, oh, I hate black cherry white claws. That would be. And I have to drink lemon because actually that's my the worst least punishment for me would be mango. Okay, then you have to drink mango. Damn it! Why did I say? <laughs> that? Yeah, you drink mango. I have to drink lemon because uh, that is disgusting. And yeah, I personally I love Melvin Gordon this week. I think Javante Williams is a fine, but he's fine play, but he's very, very risky. Okada, are you throwing Javante Williams in your lineup? I think both of these guys could come out with top 12 performances against this defense. Yes. Legitimately, that is true. And it's also true that it's almost a toss-up for me between which one would be the better back if one's going to be the better back. Probably just whoever scores. We, we saw that last week. It's going to be hard to figure out, and I, th- I don't know if we're going to know for maybe six weeks or so what this landscape in this backfield is going to be. The good thing for Javante Williams is the later in the year it goes, probably the more in charge he gets as the rookie who's getting accustomed still. So the, he was okay. He looked okay last week. He looked good last week. So he just gets better from here, most likely. Yep, 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 yep. Wide receivers. I think this is sometimes a tricky one because it seems like a guy's going to go off in a certain week. I always have this like one wide receiver I love, and wide receivers are just tricky. So Okada, who is your wide receiver this week that you're just loving on? Well, my guy may not quite go off, so you may call this boring and safe, but I'm taking a guy who I feel very confident is going to be a wide receiver too, and that's Jarvis Landry. Sometimes you need we a saw wide receiver we... too. You do. Everybody needs wide receiver twos, and Jarvis Landry is guaranteed wide receiver two. Plug him in. He tied for the lead on the team with five targets, which isn't much, but still, Odell Beckham's not there. He's not there again, like we talked about in the news. Baker spread the ball around a lot in week one. I kind of actually see that funneling down even further, which means Landry's targets could go up. He's on a crazy hot stretch. I don't know if you guys remember the end of last season, but that, that stretch at the end of last season, plus this week, six game stretch, he's averaging 19.2 PPR fantasy points per game what he has been excellent yes he is on fire and the texans in case you have not noticed recently are trash across the board they allowed 17 plus fantasy points to both chark and marvin jones in week one they are garbaggio jarvis landry is gonna eat put him in (laughs) yeah obj is out again he's gonna be super super safe like if you have him in PPR leagues, he's got to be in your lineup, basically. He's not a fun guy. Like, he's not fun. He doesn't score a lot of touchdowns, but he does his nope. thing. He'll be fine. Uh, my guy's also not fun. He used to be a ton of fun uh, for fantasy. Now he's just fun in real life. But Juju Smith-Schuster is my scrumptious oh. start of the week. It's against the Raiders, and that's that's why I really, really like him this week. You know what? He had 25% of the Steelers targets last year that's nice last week which is very nice he had eight targets it only turned into four receptions for 52 yards but like i said earlier i think the bills defense is just well improved like 
In 2019, they were one of the best defenses in the league. They kind of regressed last year, but I, I think they may have come back to life this year. We'll see what happens. But the Raiders secondary, not so much. Their pass rush looked good, but I don't think that's going to affect the Steelers as much. Lamar has the slowest time to throw in the league. Second slowest, I should say. He takes over three seconds per drop back, um, and that's what he did last week. And you know what? The Raiders got to him. Big Ben... Last year was the fastest quarterback with time to throw. He just gets the ball out, 2.3 seconds. He doesn't get sacked for that reason. It's not because of the line. And last week, 2.3 seconds, time to throw again. Like, I, I don't think the pass rush is going to affect him. I think Juju's going to get those fast catches. So will Deontay. I love both of them this week. But Sammy Watkins last week against the Raiders had 88 of his 96 receiving yards from the slot. Juju Mm. plays from the slot, played over 75% Mm. of plays from the slot in week one. I I really liked Juju this week, and I I know it was a completely different world back in 2018, but the last time these two teams played together, Juju had eight receptions, 130 receiving yards, and two touchdowns. This should be a high-scoring game. I like Big Ben at home. Juju should get it done. Yeah, I like that. I like. What you've seen – so far, and this just sort of builds on what we saw last year, is that even though maybe Juju's not seeing 10 targets per game like Deontay Johnson is, you see Ben Roethlisberger going to him in big moments, uh, which I think is is really uh, just clutch factor. Yep. I like it. Kate, who's your start of the week? I'm just going all out Michelle this week. Yeah, you guys. love me this week. I want to be Michelle, actually. <laughs> Hi, I'm Michelle. <laughs> and... Mike Williams is my start of the week. Mm. Uh, Very excited for this matchup. Mike Williams finished as the wide receiver 14 last week. Wide receiver 14 had 12 targets, matching Keenan Allen, brought in eight of those for 82 yards and a touchdown. We've heard all of the hype all offseason. He is going to get the Michael Thomas role. He is going to get the Michael Thomas roll, and the Michael Thomas roll scores fantasy points a lot. So I love that. I, I love that he matched Keenan Allen in targets. Uh, his average depth of target was 10 yards, let all Chargers wide receivers, uh, aside from Josh Palmer, who only saw one 17-yard target. <laughs> so I'm not going to count that one. The Cowboys uh, last week allowed the ninth most yards to wide receivers, uh, obviously, it's against Tom Brady and the Bucks, so that could be skewed. But I mean, I, I just think eight, eight missed tackles last week. All right, eight missed tackles in Week One that tied for the seventh most on the week. And now we have Demarcus Lawrence out with a broken foot, who is just all all of their pass rush. I think we're going to have Justin Herbert sitting pretty behind that line. He's going to have all day it to let Michael Thomas or Michael Thomas Michael <laughs> Mike Williams <laughs> see I'm transposing them already. Uh, he's going to have plenty of time to allow Mike Williams to run his ten plus yards down the field and just come down with the monster catch. Yeah, Herbert would have been my start of the week if it wasn't so obvious, and I, I hope all of you aren't worried about his what he scored thirteen points last week. It was against a really hard defense. Herbert looked amazing, had over 300 passing yards. He could do whatever he wanted except get into the end zone, which isn't normally an issue for him. Uh, Herbert's just looked so good last week. I think he's going to kill it against the Cowboys. Uh, Okada, are you on the Mike Williams train? 
Yes, I've been on this train for a long time, and I've been hanging on the caboose of it <laughs> for the past few years because he's failed to properly break out. But this is a guy who had a 1,000-yard season, and he had a 10-touchdown season. He didn't do them together, yeah. and other than those two seasons, both numbers have been bad every other year. <laughs> but we know he has the talent. We might be seeing the classic Devontae Parker fifth-year breakout finally Arguably the best quarterback he's had. Not No dings against Phillip Rivers, who's fine, but Justin Herbert's phenomenal. I'm really excited. I hope he keeps it up all year. No dings against Phillip Rivers, but dings against yeah. Phillip Rivers. Yes, okay, yes. <laughs> dings against Phillip Rivers. Uh, talking about bad quarterbacks, uh, your scrumptious start of the week at tight end has a pretty terrible one throwing to him, so you're going to need to talk me into this one. Who is your start of the well, week, Okada? What I'm hoping is that after he throws an interception on the first pick, Andy Dalton will be out of the game and Cole Kmet will have a really good quarterback in Justin Fields. But if that doesn't happen, I'm still okay. Listen, I was a huge Cole Kmet fan coming out of college. I believe he's a great prospect. Didn't have a, a phenomenal rookie season. Shocker, he's a tight end. They don't have phenomenal rookie seasons. Even We even saw that with Kyle Pitts in week one. I'm not scared for him. And I'm excited for Cole Kmet to continue to progress in year two. And what I really liked about what I saw in the Rams game last week, five of his seven targets came in the second half when Chicago was in comeback mode. He also tied with Allen Robinson for the lead league in targets on third down and led the team in yards on third down. So he's becoming that outlet tight end that we've seen become like a mainstay in the NFL over the past few years who he's going to eat up targets. He's going to be a safe target on third down. Andy Dalton's going to go to him. Justin Fields is going to go to him whenever they go to Justin Fields, which I hope is soon. And also, Cincinnati's not very good against tight ends. Bottom 10 over the last year. They allowed Tyler Conklin 41 yards on four catches. On four targets, caught all of them, and that's Tyler Conklin. So, yes, I like Cole Komet, regardless of quarterback. Throw him in. You remember when uh, Andy Dalton was bunched on his birthday? <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, so I'm just thinking right now that Andy Dalton is so excited to have this revenge game. And I just hope the Bears are like, oh, sorry, Dalton. We're going to go with Justin Fields. Um, <laughs> it would be Ooh. right there. No, I, this is one of his birthday again. Um, it has to be sometime in the football I'll find season. Out. So that would be fantastic. It was further in the middle of the season, I believe. Uh, but yeah, I'm actually kind of hoping for the Bengals in this game because I really just want to see Justin Fields play. Uh, so I don't want October Andy Dalton 29th. Anymore. All right. So well, so now I'm rooting. I, I'm rooting for that to be the day we see the turnover. No, that's <laughs> way too late. My start of the week. At, <laughs> yes, true. My start of the week at tight end is Jared Cook. It's a Saturday. We're good. Oh no, it's a Monday. No. Nope. Are they playing on Monday Night Football? Because that would be amazing. Wait, October. <laughs> October. Never mind, it's a Friday. Okay, that was... Wow, we just went through the whole yeah. calendar of days, guys. Yeah, no. What a journey. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> we so, before you rudely cut me off, my start of the week at tight end is Jared Cook, a ball blast, absolute favorite. Oh. Jake would be so proud of me right now, which, by the way, we didn't mention, he's in Ireland. He'll be back next week, so he's not just gone. He's, he's wait, wait, we were just like, oh, Okada's here, Jake's gone, bye. No, uh, Jake will be back <laughs> next week. Sorry, he's, Okada. He's just living it up in Ireland, super I'll jealous survive. of him. But he would love this pick. He's all about Jared Cook. Um, but Cook killed it. He did exactly what we wanted him to do last year or last week. And I keep saying last year. I think I'm just in that mode. I have to realize it's actually football season now. But he had eight targets, five receptions, 56 receiving yards, 
versus Washington. And you might say, Michelle, that's not killing it. But for a tight end that you're throwing in just for the hopes for him to score some points, like scoring 10 fantasy points without getting a touchdown is it's pretty fantastic. And he did have a couple end zone targets. They were just poorly executed. They didn't work out, but they were Justin Herbert's first targets, like first read um, when he was down there. So we know that Jared Cook can score touchdowns. He does it every single year. He's going to get his, like I said, Justin Herbert looked amazing last week. He just only got one touchdown. Like I, I think scoring is scoring opportunities is going to come for Jared Cook. And guess what? The Cowboys. Now it's really hard to compare what the hell the Cowboys are going to be this year because it was Tom Brady and it is Rob Gronkowski. They're amazing. But Gronk put up 90 yards and two touchdowns against them. Is it because they're terrible at covering the tight end? Or is it because it's Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski? I guess we'll find out. But I do expect this to be a high-scoring game and Cook's target share and stat count uh, really excited me. I think he's a safe bet for... 10 points, and if he gets a touchdown, he's going to be around 15, 16 points. So I'm throwing him in my lineup this week. Love it. I love it. Uh, This is like a – Yep. This is the pinnacle ball blast pick. Oh, it really is. Your cook is so ball blast. Kate, your pick (laughs) is scaring me. It's making me sweat. (laughs) I think it's getting a little bit too ballsy. Who are you going with your tight end scrumptious start of the week? Ballsy to the wallsy. That's what we are doing here today. Don't judge me, folks, uh, but I'm here to dig deep and give you the information that nobody else is willing to give you. So my ballsy play of the week, this is an in-case-of-emergency uh, are you maybe say idea? The name? No, I don't want to. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, this is an in-case-of-emergency break glass if needed. Maybe DFS play. Oh, man, people are screaming at you Jaguars, right now. Jaguars, tight end, James O'Shaughnessy. Oh, oh God, James O'Shaughnessy. Gosh. Is that even how you say his last name? I hope so. I don't know. We should ask Jake, who's sounds in Ireland. Irish. It sounds very Irish. Yeah. Uh, I'm going with the Jaguars, t- tight end. This is a pure opportunity play. The tight end stats, they're a little bit skewed against the Browns uh, in forever for the rest of the season because of... Travis Kelsey's tight end one performance against them in week one. But I do want to acknowledge the fact James O'Shaughnessy actually tied Jared Cook with his number of targets last week. Fourth most targets among tight ends. He finishes the tight end 16 on the day. So he had the fourth most targets but finishes the tight end 16. He was grossly inefficient. But (laughs) so uh, hang on. Start him up, Hang on. Hang on. I do want to – I just – I want to shout him out okay um i said this is an opportunity play uh we did see a jaguars tight end get uh come down with a uh touchdown in week one but james o'shaughnessy third most routes run he saw eight targets six receptions 48 yards uh i i don't don't hate this at all (laughs) but the jaguars out of everybody (laughs) in the nfl uh they did Target tight ends the ninth most times in week one. Oh my goodness, you're reaching wow. so hard. I'm reaching. Wow. No, <laughs> There's a lot ninth, of stretching going on here. Ninth most. <laughs> oh my God. I hope to God. I hope to God he drops a 40 bomb on 
on you <laughs> and we, your whole family. Can we start uh, <laughs> our fade segment so I can bring up James O'Shaughnessy? Oh, my. Opportunity <laughs> is everything, folks. And Michelle, as you just alluded to, yeah. essentially you're just hoping for a, a tight yeah. end to uh, maybe score a touchdown. But eight targets for a tight end? I'm going to take that all if day. If you're starting him and something went terribly wrong with whatever In a two tight, tight end, end you started. Lead. In a two tight end league, okay. I'm just I, like. How many people here listen play a two tight end league? Leave me alone. DFS. <laughs> All right, DFS, maybe throw me. Let in. her have her James of <laughs> in peace. Cannot. That's all I have left. <laughs> All right. It's time. We... I think she just wanted to say the name. Yeah. We've been. James O'Shaughnessy. Wow. We've been a little too friendly with all of our takes so far. You haven't been friendly and with my takes. You know <laughs> you know this ball blast podcast likes to get a little, little mean at times. Not mean, but um, mm. a little pessimistic. So I think we need to jump into Pessimistic. Our... Mm, nice. I knew I said that wrong. <laughs> this is why we shouldn't have me hosting. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get into our biggest phase of the week. I told Dwight that there is honor in losing, which as we all know is completely ridiculous. Okada, you're gonna start first. We already talked about this guy, but you tell us why we should be real scared to play him in week two. Yeah, well, if we're getting pessimistic, the pest (laughs) is Saquon Barkley's knee. Because it refuses to go away. Okay, <gasps> here's what I'm going with, guys, all right? I feel like all of my my scrumptious takes were kind of meh. They were like, these guys are going to score you points, but they're not super exciting. So I'm going to try to get a little exciting here and say, not only am I fading Saquon Barkley, sit Saquon <gasps> Barkley. Wow. Do it. Do it. He was the RB49. In week one, okay? It is not hard to sit a guy who's the RB49. And you say, oh, he's going to work back. Maybe, but probably not. It's a short week. He only had 11 touches. Very, very much of a snap count in week one. Check out this quote, all right? Tell me how you feel about this quote from Saquon Barkley after the game. I don't think the schedule is ideal for coming back off a major knee injury to have two games back-to-back, but that's what it is. That's the challenge I have to face. My confidence level in Saquon Barkley is in the basement right now, and that's if he was playing a normal matchup or even a good matchup, I would be fading him. He's playing the Washington football team. They are the third toughest against running backs since last season. They held Austin Eckler to 3.8 yards of carry in week one and those zero targets we talked about earlier, for whatever reason that was. They have allowed a 15-point fantasy running back in PPR once in their last 13 games. This is an awful matchup. It is an awful situation for Barkley and his knee. He is not fully healthy. He is going to continue to be on a snap count. Sit him for just about anyone. Hear me out. What if James O'Shaughnessy agrees? Yes. What? Yes. James O'Shaughnessy <laughs> in the flex over Saquon Barkley. You heard it here first. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> if if uh, James uh, actually James O'Shaughnessy did outscore Saquon Barkley last week. There I just you go. Put that on the table. <laughs> See. <laughs> Zach Moss almost outscored Saquon Barkley. <laughs> exactly. He did. Uh, Zach Moss did outscore Ronald Jones. Jones yeah. Oh, um, got him. Yeah. Uh, but uh, this is what I was going to say about Saquon Barkley's comment there. And the team. Yes. Maybe, just maybe, 
right? Mm-hmm. A, they were losing by a lot. But B, also they realized next week's game, Thursday Night Football, is a divisional game. It's a little bit more mm. important. So instead of pushing him too fast, they really need him in next week. Maybe they just held him back before they let him go in a much bigger game. You know, it was not, it's not even conference. It was not conference last week. Like this one is a divisional game, a little bit bigger. So maybe that's what he was saying. It was an unfortunate schedule that were Thursday night, but that's why I played a little amount this week. Man, you're just reaching. I'm reaching there a little bit. You think I'm reaching with James O'Shaughnessy? I'm still going to play Barkley. I'm just not going to expect much. Like If I get 10 points, that's kind of what I want. Is he top 24 for you? Yeah, he'll be top 24. He'll be like right there, like running back 20. Um, But I just want want him in there because if he goes off on my bench, I'm never going to forgive myself. I'll just put higher upside elsewhere. We did get a sleeper alert on... Wednesday afternoon that said, do not expect Saquon Barkley to be unleashed Thursday. Mm, whatever. Mm. My guy's also someone we already talked about, so I won't get too in-depth with it. I promise everyone else that we're going to bring up uh, won't be players we already went in-depth about. But this one's Josh Jacobs against the Steelers. Listen, it, it, a lot of it has to do with the toe injury, turf toe. Like, that's hard to overcome. He's dealing with it. It felt like every time he touched the ball, he was, like, hobbling off to the sideline. But also, it's just like, Josh Jacobs is kind of hard to trust in any given game in fantasy. because it Like, comes, as a person. It, it, it's just it comes down to the touchdowns with him. He, and last week, 12 of his 17 fantasy points were from his two touchdowns. Scored two touchdowns on 10 carries. It's just, like, highly unlikely to happen again. And the fact that he only scored 17 fantasy points and scored two touchdowns is, like, almost impossible for a starting running back. Like, that's that's wild. And he did just look banged up. He struggled on the ground. Kenyon Drake and Josh Jacobs saw the same amount of touches in week one. It was 11. Nothing to be too excited about. Drake was a clear-cut pass-catching back, like Okada, you already mentioned. And... The Raiders, I think, are going to have to pass a ton this week against the Steelers. Like, Big Ben at home is a much different quarterback than Big Ben on the road. I think the offense is going to score just fine at home with their crowd there for the first time in uh, – first time for Ben playing at home since, what, 2018? Like, he, yeah, played, yeah. He, paid, he played for a hot second against Ooh, Seattle in 2019. Narrative. Yeah, but – this is the first time in a long time you'll be playing in front of the crowd. It's going to be, a, I think, a high-scoring game. Like Derek Carr is a sleeper, but Josh Jacobs is someone I'm not. I'm not touching. He'll have to get in the end zone, which could happen, but I don't want to have to rely on that. Guys, I just want to leave you with this little uncomfortable nugget. Derek Carr leads the NFL in passing yards for the 2021 NFL season. <laughs> Yes, that is true. Also, for anyone who didn't watch Monday Night Football and just saw your Josh Jacobs stat line fantasy points in your app, Marcus Mariota was legitimately the best-looking rusher for the Raiders <laughs> on Monday. That <laughs> Jacobs was not good, so no. I'm scared too. So, Barkley or Jacobs? Jacobs. Jacobs, because I'm sitting Barkley for James O'Shaughnessy. Yeah! <laughs> All right. Kate, who is your fade of the week? All right, I am going back to the Houston Texans, which last week uh, I said I am sure one of these guys will score plenty of fantasy points. Uh, It turns out it was Mark Ingram uh, who saw the bulk of the touches here. He is facing the Cleveland Browns. They were the number one rushing defense ranked by PFF for 
week one, he ranked 42nd in fantasy points per touch. That is not fantastic. <laughs> Averaged just 3.27 yards per carry. Did have a touchdown, which sort of saved his day. Had just two avoided tackles on 26 attempts. So let's put that into perspective. Jo- uh, Joe Mixon, the Joe Mixon. You know Joe Mixon, mm. right? I slightly do. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Joe back. Mixon had eight missed tackles. Chris Carson, Nick Chubb, Elijah Mitchell, Jonathan Taylor all had six missed tackles. So, you know, we, we had this guy who just had a monstrous workload, only avoided two tackles. I don't think we're going to uh, be able to rely on that volume when we're dealing with this kind of inefficiency. I don't like the matchup. The Browns really did load up on defense. You have a lot of defensive weapons. I just think Browns are going to control this game. Um, Not liking this for Mark Ingram, and I'm not going to bank on 26 touches every week. Yeah, it's hard to count on him. I I don't want to start him in this game either. His work shirt was extremely surprising. Like, I know the reports came out saying Mark Ingram, like, was ahead of David Johnson. I didn't know it meant 26 carries. Like, that's pretty crazy. And they were ahead by so much so fast last week. Like, I don't – they're not going to get ahead of Cleveland like that. So, uh, yeah, I'm not – I'm not touching – I'm not touching Mark Ingram at all. I would like to say – can we please start using efficiency metrics and stuff? Like, I've seen so many tweets now. Joe Mixon had the most missed tackles. Well, he had 29 carries. He had the most in it's the NFL. True. Like, yeah, he should have the most missed tackles. That's how that works. If you have the most carries, you should have the most missed tackles. Chris Carson had nearly half of his carries and had six missed tackles. So it should go to him. And All the tweets should be about him. Conversely, uh, we should acknowledge like Mark Ingram literally had three fewer oh, yeah. carries and only had two. Oh well, Mark so, Ingram's garbage. We don't want to compare him. To yes. No, that's I'm I'm comparing He's garbage old. to garbage. Uh, okay. We're <laughs> just gonna sail past that. I just I put myself on the line yes, right there. Garbage, garbage. He's, I like it. Hashtag not good. Okada, <laughs> who is your second fade of the week? I'm making it a duo fade of the Baltimore Ravens wide receivers who were both good for fantasy in week one, Marquise Brown and Sammy Watkins. Here's a little bit of information for you. In week one games over the last three seasons, Marquise Brown has averaged 22 fantasy points per game. Sammy Watkins has averaged 27 fantasy points per game. In every other week of the NFL season, Marquise Brown has averaged 10, which is less than half, and Sammy Watkins has averaged seven, which is about oh. a quarter of his week one fantasy <laughs> points. That is what we've seen from these guys. And for some reason, they start off the year hot and then they disappear. Listen, it was an overtime game. It was a wild game. There was a lot of throwing going on, a lot of broken plays. Yes, they scored a lot of fantasy points. People are going to be tempted to play them again. Don't do it. Kansas City is extremely good against wide receivers. Second toughest over the last year. Baltimore and Lamar Jackson stinks against the Chiefs. They've played them three times. They've lost all three games. Lamar has a sub-55 completion percentage, 170 pass yards a game, and one touchdown in each game, in three games. That's not good. The last Raven to have a half-decent fantasy game against the Chiefs was Kamar Aiken in 2015. That is legitimately the last guy with 12 or more fantasy points against the Chiefs for Baltimore. This is not going to be a good game for probably anyone in the passing game. Hopefully, Lamar stays alive with his rushing. I think he's still a start. 
but I don't want either of these receivers. Get them out of your lineups. I thought Lamar looked kind of rough in week one. He I did. did. He, his he did. Pass, yeah, his passing was, looked rough. His rushing yeah. wasn't working as well as usual. I mean, he still was perfectly fine on the ground, but... Yeah, his passes were not pretty. I still might plug in Hollywood Brown, but yeah, I'm not trusting Sammy Watkins. It is a revenge game for Sammy Watkins. True, <laughs> it's true. No, I'm not trusting. Barely. That. I'm not trusting that um, at all. A guy I'm not trusting this week is Robbie Anderson against the Saints. Um, he had just three targets last week, one reception. And it just turned out to be that one reception was for 57 yards and a touchdown. <laughs> so if you're just looking at your fantasy points, you might be like, oh, cool. Sam Darnold's using Robbie Anderson. Nope, nope, he's not. It was one reception, 57 yards. Robbie Anderson just got behind the defenders. It worked out. Easy pass for Sam Darnold. And, and that's basically what happened. You can't depend on that happening each week. Uh, last season, Robbie Anderson never saw fewer than five targets in a game. Very week one against a really easy defense against the Jets. He only saw three, only had one reception. And so it, it just feels like back in the Jets days where Robbie Anderson would just become a ghost with Sam Darnold. For some reason, Darnold does not want to target Robbie Anderson. They do not have that connection that people just assume they have because they were teammates uh, once ago, once a time ago. But the Saints defense demolished Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. I, I know they're dealing with COVID issues. Marshawn Lattimore is now going to miss the game. Like, it might not be as tough um, of a defense as they were in week one, but I, I don't see them demolishing Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. And then Sam Darnold has this week. Um, the Panthers only scored 19 points against the Jets. And that not was good. a really rough secondary. So the only guy I want to start for the Panthers is Christian McCaffrey. I, I'm not touching Robbie Anderson. I'll still plug in DJ Moore in PPR leagues, but I'm not feeling great about it. Yeah, that's fair. No. Sam Darnold's afraid to throw the ball downfield. He always targets the underneath guys. That's what we're seeing. Yeah, and people were acting like he did good this week. It's he, the revenge game. 19 points. Uh, he had a wide open rushing touchdown where the defense just just let him run wide open for five yards. Like, all he had to do was run straight. There was not a defender near him. Like, well, let's relax. It was still a terrible he, game. He had... as a. He had one rushing touchdown on negative one total rushing yards, by the way. Yikes. It's impressive. I wonder and he had a fumble like usual. Uh, he had a fumble lost. Whoa. He did not have a good game, and that was against a terrible secondary in defense. Now you're going up against the Saints, who looked dominant in week one. We'll see what happens with all this COVID issues. All the coaches are, like, out. So we'll see what happens, but not playing them. Kate, who is your second favorite week? All right, my second fate of the week, I'm rolling with Mike Davis, running back for the Atlanta Falcons. They get the Bucks this week. Uh, absolutely demolished. Low-hanging fruit here. Low-hanging fruit, but I feel like people are still sort of hanging on uh, Mike Davis. If you didn't learn from last week, then you deserve to. You deserve, you deserve <laughs> to be punished, but Mike Davis, he did see 15 attempts, So, it, but again, really, really tough matchup. Ezekiel Elliott averaged just three yards per rushing attempt, uh, was Garbaggio uh, in week one. But what I want to highlight here, and this is like sort of the secret narrative, is Cordero Patterson looks fantastic. Mm. He had seven carries, totaled 54 rushing yards, which is more than Mike Davis's 49 rushing yards on 15 carries. 
Um, am I saying he's going to be overly efficient and average 7.7 yards per rushing attempt all season? No, but I do think Cordell Patterson actually looked like the better running back and they were utilizing him as a running back. He saw two targets. I do think that if this continues, we're going to probably see Mike Davis lose some more snaps to Cordero Patterson. I know it sounds crazy, but he looked really good. Um, and I don't think either of these guys will be successful against the Bucks. It's just a full-on fade of everything for me. Yeah. I, would, I couldn't even imagine throwing Mike Davis into my lineup. So that probably means he's going to go off because that's what happens when I say things like that. Uh, but <laughs> I, I, yeah, I'm very much fading Mike Davis this week. That's it for our show. Okada, thank you so much for joining us. You were an awesome guest. We need to have you on more often, and I can't believe we haven't yet. But let everyone know where we can find your work. Yeah, well, at Matt Okada on Twitter, uh, around the Ball Blast communities and chats and whatnot, when I'm working less than a 15-hour per day, <laughs> six days out of seven work week because the NFL season has just started and the network is crazy, uh, you may see some more of me. But uh, if you want to drop by LA and check out the new NFL studios, you'll see me there too. Ooh. And I will be th- doing that soon, so I'm very excited. I mean, I have, uh, like, yes. I have no plan in place. I have no tickets, but I do plan to do that soon to get into the office and meet everyone. But week two is upon us. It's going to come so fast. This whole season's just going to fly by. I can't believe, like, I felt like week one was like, boom, 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 boom. And it just, you know, it hurt me in so many ways. It made me excited in so many ways. It's going to do that all season long. But good luck, everybody. I hope you all smash your week two uh, opponents. Yeah, and if you guys are are looking for some more advice, of course, be sure to check out BobLastFootball.com. We've got so much content churning out on a day-to-day. And... We are doing a weekly start sit, 11.30 Eastern time, half hour, me, Michelle, and uh, maybe a guest or two from time to time. Yeah, that's on Sundays, by the way. That's on Sundays. I, I forget that you guys don't know the day. And make sure to check out our <laughs> Ball Blast Ladies Night Out that's on Thursdays. So hope you're listening to this on Thursday. It's tonight, um, 6.30 Central time, so 7.30 Eastern time. Um, go check us out. That's just a live stream on StreamYard. Again, good luck week two. Bye, y'all. Bye. Adios. Cheerio, pip pip and all that.